day, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in once again. My name is Sean. My name is Ryan. And welcome to FPL Pauja. So, Ryan, international break. Are your knees firm or are you starting to jerk? I've been trying my hardest to keep my knees firm this week, but my hands are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. This season probably has the widest choice of premiums, mid-price forward, mid-price midfielders, and 4 million defenders to choose from. I'm sure many of you listeners have similar concerns and questions, so today, Sean and I are here to share with you our insights and opinions. We'll be having a friendly debate on the hottest topics in FPL right now. Is Cristiano Ronaldo a must? The premium options in the game? the 4 million defender options, and whether or not we should wildcard this week. We'll also be answering a question from our listener. Sean, since you're a United fan, I'll let you go first. Is CR7 a must? So Ronaldo, everyone is excited, especially all Manchester United fans, including myself. We all can't wait to see him play. However, there are a few things that we need to consider. Firstly, where will he play? And is he a designated set-piece taker? Furthermore, he started his Manchester United career in the wing, then later moved on to centre-forward. To be honest, that guy is a machine. He's just able to adapt his play according to his physicality and his age. Talking about his age, he's turning 37 next February. Previously, when he was at Manchester United, he has scored 674 goals in 895 club appearances. In the 2007 and 2008 season, he has scored 31 goals, contributed 7 assists and accumulated a record-breaking 283 points. But I still think that he's a wait and see because is he able to adapt to the physicality of the English Premier League? Previously at Juve, his record is pretty sick. He scored 29 goals in 33 games last season. But then again, Syria is very different as we all know. So I think that we should wait and see if he can settle down. So Ryan, what do you think? I think if you don't have to utilize your wildcard, it's a no-brainer for me to bring him in. Almost 1 million managers have already transferred him in and the number is only going to increase before the start of game week 4. I agree with you, a lot depends on who is actually the designated penalty and direct free kick taker at United. But Bruno and Ronaldo have played together for Portugal many times and he has been the designated penalty taker. United was awarded 37 penalties in the past 3 seasons with at least 11 penalties each. If Ronaldo was to score just 10 penalties, that is already halfway to the 20 goal mark. Over the last 101 appearances he made in the final 3 seasons for United, he averaged 7.3 points. If he keeps up his performance over the next 35 games, that is easily more than 500 points as your set and forget captain. Coincidentally, his next three fixtures are against Newcastle, West Ham and Aston Villa. These three teams are teams that Ronaldo loved to play against. He scored 18 goals in 29 matches against these three teams. Ole did mention that Ronaldo is suited to play the striker role and I think he will be the focal point of all attacks. Despite being 36 years old, physically he looks fitter than most players out there. I have no doubt he will be able to adapt to the physicality of the English game. I think it's written in the stars. He received a yellow card against Ireland and he's back at Old Trafford early to start training and juggling with the squad. He's going to play for United at Old Trafford after 12 long years. He's raring to go and my money is on him to get at least one goal against Newcastle this coming weekend. So personally, I think that what Ryan says makes sense. Some would say that he deliberately got the yellow card because he celebrated by taking off his jersey. I think he did on purpose. So maybe there's a conspiracy theory. Uh. So Ryan, you think that if you can bring Ronaldo in without having to wild card, you do it? Yes, the prodigal son is back. Okay, so will you take point hit to sacrifice a premium midfielder to bring him in then? I think it really depends on how bad the situation of my team is. If I have to get rid at least two to three dead woods in my team, then it's something that I can consider. Interesting, because I'm quite sure a lot of the listeners out there right, will have to sacrifice a premium midfielder like Salah 
or you know to bring Ronaldo in. So moving on to the next segment, we'll be discussing about the premiums in the game. I'll go first. Let's start with Lukaku. At 11.5 million, he fits into the Chelsea mold and way of playing. He is going to be very central to the team. Besides getting on the score sheet, I believe he is someone that will get assists as well. His physical attributes are undeniable. He is excellent at holding up play, passing into the box and setting up fellow teammates to shoot. With already 9 shots in the box, 5 chances created, an expected goal of 2, an expected assist of 0.72 in 2 matches, he is definitely a strong option I'll be looking at from game week 7 onwards, when Chelsea's fixtures take a favourable turn. Another premium option we can look at is Salah. Although he is the joint most expensive premium right now at 12.5 million, he is proving his worth thus far. He has taken 13 shots more than any other midfielders in the game, created 3 big chances and has 2 double figure hauls with 2 goals, 2 assists and 6 bonus points. Liverpool also has a run of favourable fixtures coming up barring Manchester City at home in game week 7. Now I'll talk about 2 premium options that I think we should all avoid. The first one will be Bruno Fernandes. Around 650,000 fantasy players have already abandoned the Blue Yes camp and I suggest you guys to do the same soon. Like I mentioned earlier, with the arrival of Ronaldo, I do not believe Bruno will be on penalties on most of the direct free kicks. This will greatly affect his returns as 9 out of the 18 goals he scored last season were penalties. From here on out, I do not believe he will be able to justify his price tag of 12 million at all. Next up will be Oba. At 9.9 .9 million, he is at a pretty awkward price point for me. Oba doesn't instill confidence in me as a captaincy pick. He doesn't seem like the striker he was 2 years ago and Arsenal as a team doesn't seem to be creating many goal scoring opportunities. I believe cheaper options like DCL, Jesus and Antonio will have better or at least similar returns. He is definitely not worth the risk for me. So Sean, what are your takes on other premium options? I'll start off talking about Man City assets. Let's talk about KDB. Priced at 11.9 million, he only came on the bench against Spurs at opening game week. He also has an unknown return date stated on the FPL website. Furthermore, he's not included in the Belgium squad. After coming back from recovery, it will take a few games for him to settle in. Although when he's back, he might not be a victim of Pep Roulette. I feel that he's better off investing the 11.9 million elsewhere. Next up, I'll talk about Sterling. Priced at 10.9 million, his only return was a goal against Norwich. He's definitely more prone to the Pep Roulette compared to Kevin De Bruyne, but I would avoid spending 10.9 million on someone who might not start. In conclusion, City's premium assets like KDB and Sterling, I would avoid for now. Turn my attention to Torres, who is playing as a forward, Grealish, who looks pretty lively, or even Jesus, who played extremely well in the wing. Now Spurs, there are only two premium assets that you can consider, Harry Kane and Son. I'll start off by talking about Son. Priced at 10.1 million, he has accumulated 23 points in 3 games which is very good in my opinion. However, Spurs don't look good getting forward and it seems like they are still gelling as a squad. Do take note that Son is not on penalty duties. The upcoming fixtures for Spurs are pretty good except Chelsea at home and an out of sorts Arsenal away. Let's talk about Harry Kane. Priced at 12.3 million, his value has dropped by 0.2 million. Like I mentioned previously, he has a point to prove. He is a proven FPL asset like Son, but has not delivered. For those of you guys out there who is going through the wildcard right now, you can consider bringing him in. Lastly, I'll talk about Jamie Vardy. Priced at 10.5 million and selected by 13.4% of managers, he did well previously against Norwich, obtaining 12 points with 1 goal and 1 assist. Do take note of his upcoming features though. They are playing CD at home and Brighton away. Similarly, the team looks like they have not settled in as a squad yet. That being said, we can argue that he has the highest 
probability to score in a Leicester team. In conclusion, among Sterling, KDB, Son, Kane and Vardy, the only viable options are Spurs assets. And personally, I will go for Kane. Now that we've discussed the premium assets, Ryan, is it a Ronaldo or a Ronaldo don't? I think if you don't have to utilize your wildcard, it is definitely a Ronaldo for me. Now, we will be discussing about the 4.0 million defenders that all fantasy managers have been talking about. So Ryan, we want to go first? Okay, so there are five defenders we'll be looking at here. Namely, Williams, Amate, Simikas, Duffy and Livermento. I no longer see Simikas and Amate starting many games this season. Robo is already back in the starting 11 and I don't see Simikas taking his place anytime soon. His price has also dropped to 4.1 million. For Amate's case, Vestergaard and Evans are scheduled to be back in training this week so I do not see him being a starter from game week 6 onwards. Next, I'll talk about Brandon Williams. He he started against Leicester City in game week 3, but he didn't have a great game at all. He made an error early on that directly led to a goal. Both goals considered that game also came down his flank. Even though it's just one game, watching him play against Leicester City, assist seems unlikely. I definitely do not think he's nailed, but he will start some games for sure. Another point to take note is that Norwich as a team isn't the best at defending or keeping clean sheets. Sean, since you have Libramento in your team, why don't you share with us what you think about him? Previously, I brought Libra in for Shimikas to avoid the price drop which actually happened. Therefore, I'm quite thankful about that. I would like to say that 4.0 million defenders are valued at that for a reason and they are more of a bench for them. I will go for Livra, which is priced at 4.1 and selected by 6.7% of managers worldwide because he started all three opening fixtures and was always going forward joining in the attacks. However, do take note that the next two fixtures are pretty tough. They play West Ham at home and CD away. I have Livra in my team and like I mentioned just now, we should be satisfied with the occasional clean sheets and assists and perhaps if they are new starters, it's already a bonus for us. So Ryan, can you share more about Duffy? Contrary to popular belief, I do not think Beltman will take Duffy's place in the squad. Duffy has been playing well thus far. He already scored a goal against Watford and he recently just scored against Azerbaijan as well. He is a major goal threat with 8 goal attempts, more than any other defenders. With possible clean sheets and goals, he is a cheap enabler you will want to have in your team. I think his spot in Brighton's defence is his place to lose. So I would guess the two defenders that we should be looking at are both Duffy and Lira. Am I right Ryan? Yeah, I agree with you. Personally, I would like to keep a look out for Brandon Williams because being a Manchester United fan, he was tipped for greater things at the start of last season and even two seasons back. Therefore, I would like to see his growth and see if he is able to deliver some points in terms of Fantasy Premier League as well. Now we'll be answering a question from our fan Kenneth Lim. He asked who should he replace Buns for? And I think this will also help Sean because he got Buns. Yeah, I held him for too long and he did nothing. So please, Ryan, please tell us who should we replace Buns with? I think for me, I will go with Adama Traore. Firstly, he's a really cheap midfield option at 6 million. He looks a major threat whenever he plays for Wolves. His value looks really good and he hasn't gotten the FPL points his performances have hinted at. His increased involvement in central areas of the pitch has increased his threat and Wolves fixtures now takes a dramatic turn for the better. With Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle and Aston Villa up next. He has taken 12 shots, made 9 key passes and had 2 big chances. With an expected goal of 1.57 and an expected assist of 0.94, I believe he is bound to get some returns soon. Playing as an inverted winger, he has the highest average position of any Wolves player. He has been playing off the striker so far, 
staying high up the pitch and making runs beyond the defence. The 0.8 million saved can be used to boost other areas of your squad. Sean, who do you think you should replace Buns with? Currently at the top of my list, we have Diogo Jota. Priced at 7.6 million, I think it's a pretty no-brainer to swap Harvey Buns with because Firmino has a suspected hamstring injury and could be away for quite some time. And Jota's stats are pretty impressive over the past three game weeks, apart from the game against Chelsea. He has accumulated a total of 17 points and he pretty much started every game except Chelsea, which he came on for Firmino. With Firmino's suspected injury, I would think that Jota is one of the best bet to replace Harvey Barnes with. Next up, I would think that Ferran Torres could be an option as well. Priced at 7.1 million, he has been playing as a striker. However, he is prone to the pet bullet for all the Arsenal fans out there. I think it's time for Arsenal season to be up and running. Therefore, I'm keeping my eyes on Arsenal players in particular, ESR or Odegaard. They have hasty fixtures coming up and it's time for them to start getting points. With that, I would think that Jota, Torres, Arsenal players, and like what Ryan mentioned just now, Traore are players that we can consider bringing into the team. I've watched the Wolves game against Manchester United. I would avoid Wolves player. That's my personal opinion because they take the bite up front. I think that it's only viable to bring Traore in when Jimenez starts getting his scoring boots on. To the listeners out there, my picks have been pretty accurate thus far. So it's up to you if you want to listen to me or Sean. Moving on to the last segment of our show, we will be talking about wildcard. So Sean, Will you be wildcarding or not? For me personally, I will hold till game week 7 or game week 8. Because of the COVID bans, there are too many uncertainties. Which player can play, which player cannot play, how long will they be quarantined for, so and so forth. Furthermore, the fixtures will turn for Chelsea where United fixtures are getting tough game week 7 onwards. Fast forward to game week 7 or game week 8, I would definitely bring in Lukaku and stack up on Chelsea players. As much as I hate to say it, Chelsea has started the season extremely well and honestly speaking, they could be title contenders for this season, which I'm quite sure Ryan will be happy about. Of course. Yeah, to add on, it is a Ronald don't for me. Therefore, I'll keep my knees firm and hold on to game week 7 or game week 8 instead. In conclusion, I feel that if you're doing well and has no major decrease in price value, you should hold on to a wild card. In fact, I am contemplating very hard on taking a point hit in bringing Arsenal players such as Saka or ESR. So, Arsenal fans out there, please tell me, is Arsenal worth the punt in this upcoming game week? Ryan, why not share with our listeners if we should wildcard? Firstly, I agree with some of the points you have mentioned, especially the part about Chelsea. <laughs> okay, to be honest, I'm not decided on whether I should wildcard or not, but here's my take on using a wildcard. To utilize the wildcard chip fully, it's best to already make the decision at the end of the previous game week. Use the wildcard chip to catch price rises and build your team value. I mentioned this to Sean many times before that team value is an important component of the game especially early on. A high team value allows you to build a more valuable team compared to others when you utilize your second wildcard further into the season. I think the strategy majority of fantasy players adopted at the start of the season were midfield heavy with favorites like Salah and Bruno. However, with the rise of enticing forward options like Kane, Lukaku and Ronaldo, I can see new strategies emerging. I believe having two premiums in a squad gives the best balance across all areas. Having more than two premium options is an inefficient distribution of funds as it is very likely you will have to compromise on other areas of your squad. For reasons I've mentioned, Fernandez becomes overpriced and the best play right now looks like having Salah as a premium midfield option and one premium forward option in the likes of Kane, Lukaku or Ronaldo. This strategy also allows flexibility across both the midfield and forward departments. I think flexibility is especially crucial 
show this season due to the wide selection of assets across all price range. So Sean, for the listeners out there who are thinking of wildcarding, who are two players that are essential in your wildcard? For me, I would think that the two must-have players are Salah and Kane. Salah personally is a must-have in my team. Having 30 points over the last three game weeks, his upcoming fixtures are Leeds away, Crystal Palace at home, Brentford away, followed by Man City. Salah is a proven FPL asset and he's bound to score goals. I would definitely have him in my team and you guys should consider having him in your team as well. Next up, Harry Kane. Kane is too good to ignore. He is a proven FPL asset for the past few seasons and like I mentioned previously, he needs to win back the fans. Drop in price value, I would think that right now is a good time to bring him in. Ryan, how about you? Who are the two must-have, the two Pauja players? I think the first one would be Trent with 22 points, 2 clean sheets, 1 assist and 5 bonus points. He is the second top scoring defender so far. He has already created 15 chances, 5 more than any other player in the game, of which 3 were big chances. He has also taken 5 shots and he is on set-piece duties as well. Since Harvey Elliott has come into the side, Trent has played a more advanced role, almost slotting in as a central midfielder. TAA is actually an asset that may be set and forget for me this season. Another would be Antonio. He has already returned three back-to-back double-figure hauls. In Salah's record-breaking season, he took six game weeks to score 40 points. Antonio has done it in just three game weeks. I believe his four goals and four assists thus far isn't a fluke. With 13 shots in the box, seven chances created, of which Three were big chances, an expected goal of almost 3.4. Every single underlying statistic and the eye test point to the fact that he is the most valuable FPL asset right now. For me, it is worth holding on to him for as long as he is injury free. Both West Ham and Liverpool have a decent run of fixtures as well. So there you have it. It's Kane and Salah for me and TAA and Antonio for Ryan. So share with us, who do you think are the must-have, the Pauja players, if you are going to wildcard. That's all you have for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Do keep a lookout for our next episode where we'll be talking about Game Week 4 and also announcing the winner of our first ever giveaway. So thank you guys. Once again, we are FPL Pauja.